Hello, you wonderful people out there. I hope that this message finds you, your friends, your family, and your community better than ever today. For those of you that haven't joined the movement, joined the family, joined the tribe, or whatever you want to call it, come along. There's enough space for everyone in this tribe. By hitting the subscribe button, hitting the like button, and then most importantly, hitting that notification bell, ding, to be kept up to date about all the positive content that we can shove down your throat. And ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great honor today to introduce our guest, Mr. Neil Lower. Neil is an extraordinary individual who has faced adversity head on and emerged stronger and more resilient. Neil was involved in a sailing boat accident at a young age that left him without an arm. However, that has not stopped him from living life to the fullest. In fact, he has challenged himself physically and completed numerous swimming events, including his first half Ironman last year. Neil's story is one of courage, perseverance, and hope. Despite the challenges he has faced, he has refused to let his disability define him. Instead, he has chosen to embrace life with gratitude and self-love. Neil's strong foundation in faith has played a significant role in his mental strength and resilience, helping him to overcome some of the darkest moments in his life. Neil's physical accomplishments are a testament to his incredible spirit and determination. He has proven that anything is possible with hard work and most importantly, a positive mindset. We are honored to have Neil as a guest today and are eager to learn from him, his experiences and his insight. So let's dive headfirst into the episode. Enjoy everyone. Neil, it is an honor. It is a privilege. It's, I mean, the, how do I introduce you? The great, the wonderful, the inspirational, the Paralympian. Um, yeah, I'm trying to build up a hop speech to you. So, but it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how it all comes together because when I was speaking to Andrew, he was mentioning that, no, you, you know, I'm all about capturing stories. And he says, no, man, you've got to, got to speak to Neil, you know? And I'm like, all right, cool. So tell me, uh, tell me a bit about Neil. No, he's done this. He's done that. He's done all right, but he's only got one arm. I'm like, woo! There we go. There we go. That's what I want to get. So uh, it gives me great. Uh, it gives me great privilege to introduce Neil Lower. Uh, it is an honor. It is a privilege to have you on the show and for uh, sharing your story. I'm so excited to unpack the lessons, the the journey that you've gone through and how it's conditioned you uh, look i always find the sport and exercise as a true test of someone's mental will and the fact that you've done it with one arm has to be commended so uh, neil welcome how are you doing today going well uh, ryan thank you so much it's a real privilege and honor for me to as as well to be on the show and uh, thank you for creating this lovely platform um, I always believe that I might need to make the most of opportunities afforded and um, I trust that we'll have a, a wonderful time together. Oh, 100%. So I want, to, I want to jump right into it because one of the things that I really, really uh, am intrigued about is that, you, that you, you were born with both arms and you lost your arm. So how did, how did it happen? How did you end up losing the one arm? Yes, um, it's quite a story, and um, I never mind telling it. And I, I'm, I'm sure I've, I've shared this hundreds of times, fifty thousand. And each time, I just realize um, the massive impact it actually had in, on, on, in every respect of my life. So, 
What happened is we were on holiday in 1984 in the Southern Cape in a small little beach town called uh, Biffles Bay or Buffalo Bay. And on that specific day, we were invited, um, my brother and I, 15 years old, my brother, 16 myself, so two teenagers, invited by friends of us to go sailing at Swartvlei, which is about 20, 30 kilometers from there. And um, so it was on the 26th of December, 1984, and it was a wonderful day for conducive for, for outdoor sporting events and, and, and sailing on the lake. What happened, uh, Ryan, is that we prepared the boat. If I say boat, it's a catamaran, double hull sailing boat, little small boat on a trailer with wheels. And we've prepared it uh, in order to, to, to drag it along dirt roads towards the lake in order to launch it for the day of sailing. So we were four, four youngsters. Um, my friend Henny and I, we were pulling in front of, of, of the boat. Interesting enough, I just just before that, I've taken a, a picture of all of us, of the rest of them, basically sitting on the boat. Um, we, we put on our life jackets and, and we were so eager and enthusiastic to spend the time together. It was just great conditions. But there were no warning signs or anything that um, that that sort of uh, attracted attention of any nature. So we started pulling it towards the lake and then the mast, which was up straight at that time, touched overhead electrical power lines, which were hanging loose sort of between wooden posts. And in a, in a, in a, in a moment, the, the whole boat was electrified because the current actually came along the cables to, to that aluminium bar which we were holding on. And then Henny, my friend and I, we were shocked unconscious. By God's grace, didn't feel anything. We were just, we, we, we just afterwards try and recap what probably have happened with us. But my, my brother was sitting on a trampoline between the hulls and he observed this. And to him, it seemed that we that I'm in, in really in big trouble and and he was sort of putting in an effort to to help me to save my life in, in during this endeavor he, he either touched the, the the boat which was still connected or come so close to to the boat that that he was also shocked by the 11,000 volts and then he tripped in Setchfield uh, the town close by so so three of us were unconscious for for a few minutes and the other boy, Henny's brother, 15 year old, was pushing from the back, but he was just holding onto the plastic hull. So no, no connected, no, no electrical shock for him by God's grace. And we all sustained third degree burning wounds to such an extent that uh, they had to amputate our limbs in order to save our lives. Uh, we, we have had several skin grafts and it was just a time of turmoil and adversity, but but there was a real godly intervention because um, medically speaking, scientifically speaking, actually we either should have should have died in that accident, all of us, or we should have sustained internal injuries, mm. brain damage, um, uh, heart defects, anything anything else which have not happened. So it was a via. But but we are really so grateful for for a, a miracle that, that, that have happened. That's yeah. That's that so, that's such a, like a freak accident. I mean, it's literally it's 
it's like what are the chances of that happening and do you do you yeah, do you remember was it just a blank did you just go into a blur did you just wake up that and what walk me through when you when you sort of came conscious right yes when i became conscious it was a few minutes after the accident say five or ten minutes and i was totally confused disillusioned not sure where i was um everything was a blur and 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 i was just asking lots of questions and, mm. and then the reality dawned on me while we were at the lake my brother and friend were close by and and somebody was mentioning the fact that we have had we, we were sailing uh our, our mars touch electrical lines mm. and i was thinking oh, have, yeah. have you been sailing what happened mm. i was i started speaking to them and then I just know people came from all over to support us and, and somebody phoned an ambulance and then we were taken to the uh, hospital close by in George where they um, where they had to, to, to uh, um, apply emergency treatment um, just Could, did you still have feeling in your, did you yeah did you still have feeling in your arm? Could you still move your arm? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> At that moment in time well it was it was strange. It was. It was. I thought myself the first time I saw a swollen limb here, I was, and I couldn't move when I was lying there on, the, on my back, close to the boat. This is the first time actually that I've broken an arm. I thought mm. because I can't, I couldn't move it. Um, little that I know that it was. It was internally actually burnt, and, and also my hand and, wow. and all the muscle um, surrounding the, the bone was actually um, totally damaged. So. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing, but it was it was it was a tough time, and we were actually um, sort of uh, not sure coming or going, and, and and there's just flashbacks of during of that that day and what has happened afterwards. I know that we've been flying also with the Red Cross, Beechcraft um, ambulance airplane later to Gauteng, and we were taken up in the hospital, um, the the general hospital here in Victoria. Wow. Where they have then, uh, where the operations were done. Yeah, and when you when you and when you realize now, when they said to you that we've got to amputate your arm, obviously you, going from having two functional arms, that realization that you're going to be losing one of them. What was what was running through your mind then? Uh, yes, at that moment in time, actually I was awake, and that was when they they, they actually prepared a specific ward for us in the in the main hospital here in Pretoria. And um, I remember the 12A, just for the three of us. And there was a whole team of doctors, including an uncle of mine, who had to diagnose out and, and, and determine the nature and extent, basically. And they pricked my arm with, with a needle, my hand, basically. And, and I had to indicate what, what finger is being pricked. And I was like, in, just guessing. I was, I didn't know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, Whatever. I, I just realized that there's no feeling basically in my arm any, any longer. And then my uncle conveyed the message. And I think back and I've, 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 I've sort of pondered about this and, and, and recap and, and try and, and, and understand what was happening there. What I can say is we were, we were all believers and there's a whole journey prior to this. And, and um, in a sense, I just experienced God's presence also. In, in the midst of that adversity and and when that when i heard that message it was he said that well neil you're going into the, the theater now you might lose your hand or part of your arm but but the, the first priority is actually to, to save life and just stay calm basically and, and trust the process 
mm. and it was just like it's fine Th- thanks thanks uncle for telling me it was almost like a piece that surpasses all understanding that yeah that was that like an experience in that in that moment so i can't say it was a shock immediately i i did realize however that that all of all three of us were seriously injured and mm. they were lying next to me and didn't know so there was there was there was a spirituality aspect that made you feel at ease about it definitely so definitely so and that came a long way that that mm. that goes back actually to my upbringing to yeah. my child years and and the journey that that preceded this yeah. this that's that's crazy because and then all of a sudden you had the operation you got the arm amputated uh, and then obviously it becomes this this uh, acceptance that this is what it's going to be um you know for the rest of the life apart from the the foundation and the spirituality of it i mean how difficult was that process within the first couple of days a couple of months or even a couple of years to realize you know it's <laughs> it's not there anymore did it did it did it start affecting the mental your mental state did, what did it come with some mental challenges that you went that you went through yeah definitely so um what i can say is um during that time in the intensive care unit for a week and then subsequent to that i think two two three months in hospital in the orthopedic ward also there was a lot of time to 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 think and to uh, uh, sort of uh just um, consider life in general and, and, and asking questions also what happened and what who I am and, 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 and seeking sort of solutions and answers. But what I can say is the fact that that we that the reality dawned on me initially that, that I've been given a second chance in life. So I realized that as we also have heard that, that joy isn't found in the absence of suffering but in the presence of God. So in, mm. in during that time I already experienced um a peace in a, in a sense and 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 a closeness of, of 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 god's presence that that sort of carried me and and i realized that well i might not know i have all the answers and it, it might be there might be pain discomfort connected to that but there is a plan and a purpose mm-hmm. and, and i believe that in a sense and as a, as, as a matter of fact there, there have been a a process of rehabilitation and there was a whole team involved of specialists um, on a daily basis interacting with us mm. so so um, that that helped a lot and the fact that we were together we could encourage one another but in the ensuing months of, of pain and discomfort I become become increasingly aware that that nothing can separate me from God's love and it was almost wow in this university of adversity that I was sort of prepared and equipped for for my life ahead and and that I only realized sometime later, and 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 and, and I realized that um, that that uh, yes, my my life temporarily came to a standstill, but I just need to trust and and take it by day by day. And mm. what has happened is the doctor a few days after the accident, he he came and he shared, and he was convinced that I would participate in sport soon mm. again, and I was. Thinking, wow, <laughs> could that be possible? I mean, this is a matter of of, of adapting to to single-handedness now, mm. because that positive and and well, that little bit that we realized then that that it would evolve in. What was in yeah? What what was the biggest challenge? I mean, coming to grips uh, with going from having two hands to one. What was the biggest challenge in that initial period? 
it, it's a process of, of, of adaptation spiritually, physically, um, uh, mentally. Um, I mean, in my instance, I, I lost a left arm and, and, and I was right-handed. So, so it was not that severe compared to my brother and my friend who lost their right arms. So their whole rehabilitation and adaptation was more challenging in a sense. Mm. For me, um, I mean, it's interesting. Part of it just come naturally, but but there were also guidance from occupational therapists and so so telling us uh, explore these ways and means of, of of doing things, little practical things differently. And, mm. and, and and actually, what he surprised, and I think that's also by God's grace and His strength, and in, in one way or another, that you just you just find ways and. And um, and if I think back, uh, just daily activities. I mean, the moment you are confronted with it, you need to find a, a, another way, sort of. And 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 that was quite exciting in a sense because we were asking ourselves, how are we going to do this? Mm. Let's see, let's explore. And at the end, you, you just you just find a way to such an extent that I that that I needed very little help with with, with daily activities. Um, I, I can tie my tie my, my shoelaces, for instance, easily with with one hand. For, for, just for, oh my goodness! <laughs> one of those things I also need to show youngsters when whenever mm. I have an opportunity to to share my story and and tell them they they, they were asking similar questions, Ryan, and they say, "How do you do that?" Because they're thinking, "Is this possible?" By and then I usually take I, I wear shoes or I take a shoe along and I say, "Well, I can even stand on one leg and, yeah. and tie with." And then you just oh my know goodness. you should feel differently, yes. And even to 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 um, to, to to not uh, make a time knot and, and whatever and um, things like that, it just comes. The, the challenges actually later on was, I would say, driving a car and then certain sporting activities mm. and so on, which I. So you constantly, so you constantly challenged yourself because it's very interesting to see the mindset that you're in. Because I can guarantee you that most people would have been in a very difficult and dark uh, patch uh, that initial uh, period, or even still to this day. But the fact is that you, your mindset was extremely strong, your foundation and faith extremely strong, and I think the ability to look at it and challenge yourself was trying was, I think it's accepting that it is what it is and i've got to make the most of it but that must have also been exciting because as you said you challenged yourself now all of a sudden you want to go into do sport which i find was extremely inspiring oh and congrats on on doing the on finishing the mid mile <laughs> mile um thank you so much yeah but uh, have you but uh, so starting with the with the with the swimming has there, were you always a swimmer or is it something that you said look i'm not i don't like swimming i've never been a swimming a swimmer but now that I've got one hand, I'm really going to challenge myself. Interesting question, because you tend to, 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 to the, the type of responses from people are, well, I'm a, I'm a runner or I'm a swimmer, mm. and that's too difficult. And, and I was an athlete, I was a sprinter from primary school days, um, and, and also long jump. So so that was more or less my, my events. No mention, no, no, uh, not considering endurance events at all during those years. So what happened is, um, uh, I've started first. I've, I've started competing against able bodies soon after the accident, like a year or so thereafter, at school level. Once again, sprinting 100, 200 meters, 400 meters against able bodies at school. Before I was introduced to sport for disabled, 
and then um, playing tennis also for the school team and even playing rugby against able bodies not not the first time the first team in this in this instance but like in the the fifth team but enjoying it and say yeah. well I'll, I'll play wing because I can still have still have one arm to catch a ball from this side and but, yeah, but you can't really ha you can't time. hand you can't hand off <laughs> they, they, that's why that's the reason why I was writing playing right wing it's difficult to hand off so oh, man. but but it was, it was a great time and and then um I was uh, introduced to sport for disabled in, in 1986 which opened a whole new door for me realizing that um, I can compete against athletes with similar disabilities and limitations and and where I was sort of an average sort of athlete amongst able bodies, all of a sudden there's massive opportunities. Mm. Doors opening up and so on and a platform to compete internationally. So so, so I, I continued playing, doing those sports, but also um, attending gym and starting to swim. Just knowing swim, swimming, for instance, is very, is, is, is um, uh, as a rehabilitating impact on your body and mm and enjoying the swimming, but, but not knowing that I would become an endurance athlete. And in mm. 2000, after my Paralympic years of international career sprinting, that was 2000, the 90s basically ending in 2000. In 2007, I, I started doing um, endurance multi-sport events and started doing triathlon, triathlons, exploring the possibility, enjoying uh, shorter distance like 5k's that 10k's at that moment in time running and and started swimming the mid mile so and and I enjoyed it to such an extent that I said well this is great mm. it's amazing I was quite surprised to see how it's possible I just need to kick hard and compensate and and it's possible to do open water swimming so that continued uh, up to this year where I've I've done my 11th um, wow. mid mile now a week ago and, and then I've extended the distances with running to 10 and to 21 k's last year. And then, and I became a cyclist also like five, seven years, seven, eight years ago. And and no, actually I started in 27 cycling, but I've joined a club like five years ago, longer distances. And then I was asking myself, but well, if I can swim, run and, and cycle longer distances, why not doing triathlons longer distances and that challenged me to do the the, the half ironman basically last yeah, year man that was awesome yeah. what was what was that was that quite daunting knowing that you're going to do the half ironman <laughs> it was initially it was a dream um to do that before the age of 50 and but it was always difficult with uh, the family set up because i'm very much um committed in 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 attending my, my children's sport activities on Saturdays and during the week. So there was there was less time to, to, to train for such an event. Yeah. And and last year I just realized, well, all of them actually out of school, to a certain extent, independent students all working. Mm. Um, let's do so. And it was my, my uh, a discussion between my eldest son, Francois, and myself. And we decided to embark upon this journey together. And um, that evolved in various uh, endurance activities last year and uh, we would have done the half iron in, in Durban initially but due to the it being cancelled due to the polluted water and it was then um, postponed and we were afforded uh, a voucher and we decided well we, we will do Mossel Bay then in November not oh, knowing awesome. little we realized that it was one of the most difficult mm, ones. No absolutely <laughs> And so what it was, was <laughs> <laughs> sure, it yeah. was a difficult it was one of those 
most amazing events in my life but most really of most it, yeah. and what was what was what was that feeling like running down the red carpet yo ryan it, that was amazing i can't describe it i mean i relive it it was a memory treasured for a lifetime um the, what happened is actually the swimming was was quite easy the, 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 the water was was flat it was great conditions and then the wind started blowing when we were cycling um, inland in the Diana Valley and mountain passes and, and it was very difficult and I just um, ended within the cut of time after the, this, this, this uh, cycling leg so I have like three hours for the 21 case and, and I and I used to complete it within two hours for instance mm. and I had massive cramps oh mm. I, I couldn't run I couldn't run when I started I was sitting down and I was just stretching and 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 I then I started praying and it was like in okay slowly <laughs> moving walking alternating yep. step by step step by step, step, by step like mm. the race of life step by step and at the end the last three three days there were people knowing me and they were saying well if you just walk this this pace you you you'll make it and I realized well right then let's see enough but there were so many people I had to run slowly and when I entered the the the, the that last stretch on the red carpet it was so, so overwhelming and people were cheering on and they was like they were uh, actually mentioning me and oh, it was it was amazing and despite the pain and the discomfort i was actually running meters <laughs> um i couldn't believe it but um, yeah my, my my son was waiting for me and um his friend and and uh, it was just so so special and, and then there was an interview as well, and um, I'll never forget it. It's one of those things that you just know, well, by God's grace and strength, I've done it. It was, but, it was yeah. a dream. But, but you talk about strength there. What was quite uh, interesting is that the run obviously started off as a bit of a nightmare, but they must have gone, you must have gone into a, a little pivot when you said, this is really, really tough. I need like, I need, I need strength to get out of here. But obviously someone that's, uh, that's, uh, been used to overcoming many obstacles and challenges because of the disability uh mentally as well um what when you went through that patch what was what was pulling you out of that hole out of all the darkness that was coming there when you just said oh i don't know if it'll be able if, if, if i'll be able to get it done what kept you moving forward because this to me is extremely inspiring because i'm sure it's pretty much the same mindset same principle same goal set as you've had with any of the challenges that you've had in your life, whether it be swimming, Ironman, what is the what is the process when things really become challenging for you? If I think back, I think from from the pain and the, the, the suffering and and the discomfort during that phase, things new challenges personally, and that resulted in an inner strength that that I probably would not have encountered in my life or not have dreamed about in my life so 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 what happened is i i believe during the so-called university of adversity i was shaped and i was equipped and others encouraged me i've met so many people who, who, who comforted me and to cross my path some friends and family and i think to a large extent um the way i i i um adapted and 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 sort of continued with my personal journey was the support of, of of family and friends, loved ones. And I think their love and their encouragement and their prayers is the way 
towards total recovery. And, and, and having been strengthened in my, in my inner being, in my, in my own faith, and having grown through this phase, I realized the value also of, 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 of being involved with people, interacting with people. And, and I think during that way, God prepared and put me as well to, to sort of invest in others and comfort others and, and, and interact with others and encourage others wherever it always being opened and a platform created. And I, and I think even through that, I've, I've grown and I've seen the value actually of, of being just instrumental, being just um, um, uh, available. To, to, to be used by God and in, in order to, 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 to comfort others and to um, actually uh, help and assist them during their difficulties. So, so um, it, it all started off by, from a personal um, relationship with God. And, and that was before an accident, actually, because I've grown up in a house where both my parents were, were believers and I was exposed to, to Christian principles and values from a very early age. And in a sense, looking back in retrospective, even those phase during my childhood years and, and early teens, um, it went pretty well. It was smooth and, and, and there was no real challenges or adversity or, or tragedy of any nature. And I believe God allowed me to go through this valley of the shadow of death. So speaking in, in, in the words of Psalm 20, 23, verse 4, going through that, um, strengthening me, enabling me sort of to, 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 to realize my dependency also on, on God and for him to, 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 to um, carry me through exactly when, when I'm weak. Wow. Like when I'm weak, I'm actually strong. That, that, that whole principle from 2 Corinthians 12, verse, verse 9 in, in, in the New Testament, um, mentioned by Paul, and and that became a reality for me, sort of to know that I'm I'm fragile and I'm I'm frail jar of clay. Um, I mean, there's there's challenges on a daily basis, and I don't know all the answers. And and and, and uh, even in, in helping others, I'm not always. I'm just sharing my life story, and but we have this 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 treasure within us that this this power that um, surpasses everything. And, and I think that enables us to in order and enable me in order to make a difference and, and to just persevere in the race of life. Um, um, I always say that it's not about the way you've started the race, but, but the way in which you compete and how you enter race that really matters. Um, some of us might have been disappointed and we, we might have had sort of bad memories from, 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 from the way we started the race of life. But, this is the day. Today we can we can live differently with a, with a different attitude, with a different approach, um, with with um, really trusting trusting God, focusing on Him, and then um, in fellowship also with with our, our, our other athletes, other competitors in the race of life, knowing that at the end we will cross the finish line strong, um, obtaining the eternal reward. So so I think. Yeah, it's a journey. It's a it's it's a journey. There's there's no easy answers, but hundred percent. Looking back, I've learned, I've learned, and I've seen, and and I'm I'm blessed, really. Yeah, but that journey for you to for self discovery must have also been quite an encouraging journey, to know that you've overcome major challenges. If you actually look back and you give yourself a pat on the back, it must have also been 
a difficult, uncertain, but at the end of the day, you look back at it, it must have been the most rewarding personally to know that I am strong, you know, I, I, I am mentally strong, I am physically strong, I can achieve things and it keeps on almost this hunger to keep on challenging yourself that you're making the most of every single day. Exactly, right. That's that's what it's all about. Um, even if I take just sporting achievements, I might say, yes, it was rewarding, yes, there were medals, yes, there were um, some some achievements, yes, it's great, but 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 the opportunities afforded to, to meet people, to, to interact, to expand my personal world. I mean, in a sense, it's so rewarding to know that I can identify with, with so-called able-bodied people easily still, by God's grace. But, but apart from that, my personal world has just been expanded because I can so much easier identify myself also with people with different kinds of dis with disabilities. And all of a sudden, this sort of component of, of, of the world population, more than a billion people um, having all different categories of, of disabilities, is also more easily accessible to me. And I can more easily identify and associate myself also with them. Mm. And, and and that is rewarding. Mm. Friendship that, that evolved from that and connections and the network that have been established worldwide. And even now when I'm actually an international con, um, convener, facilitator of a ministry, we call ourselves All Ability Ministry. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's part of what we call is the, the sport movement. Yeah. It's, it's a network of ministries and, 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 and churches and so on. And, and we are we are sort of operating globally yeah that uh, we've had opportunities in recent years to touch the hearts and lives of many people from grassroots level up to elite sporting events and um, as recently as, as last week I was I was invited to, to be a chaplain this year at the Paraathletic World Championships in Paris in, in this coming July oh wow. Um, amongst 12 other chap sport chaplains. So so what an opportunity. I mean, I would have never have dreamed about anything of that nature. And here are the nations coming together once again, and it creates a platform for me also to give back yeah. in that in that arena, in that sphere. So so just, just from that point of view, it makes sense for me to have a different ability in order to identify actually yeah. with, with that. That's, yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, and I was saying, I was saying that that you think that if you didn't have that accident, you wouldn't have walked this this path of 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 discovery. Definitely not. I mean, it's 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 a whole different um, sort of uh, direction that that my life took from from that moment onwards. Um, it couldn't have been any better. I mean, that's that's why there's no regrets and mm. and. If I look back, I, I'm just so grateful and, and I count so many blessings on different levels. Um, so so many things that wouldn't have happened and, and it's still happening. I mean, I'm, I'm actually astonished. Obviously, coming from a disability background and facing some major challenges, both physically and mentally, what would your advice be to anyone that's going through a difficult patch in their life, whether it be mentally, physically, out of the journey that you've had in your life, what would you say to them? Um, well, I would say every every person's journey is is unique, and and um, and and 
you, the, the experiences that you that you have might be real. Um, you can't deny that. But God is faithful and true. And 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 if we reach a point where we we we, we realize that we can't we can't accomplish we, we can't triumph in own strength and ability we really need god's guidance we need we, we need his his strength in in order for us to 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 look at this from a different perspective and and to do on a day daily basis just trust him to to sustain us to to help us to guide us and to, to have a different sort of approach. And I think one, one sort of uh, point of, advi of advice would be then also to, to look at what you have, to, to consider your abilities, not looking on, 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 on the lack of ability or, or the difficulty that you're encountering, but to, 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 to be grateful mm. of, of, of what you have, how, how, simple it might be to go through that basic exercise and yeah. and really thank god for for that and do, do you think it's really do you think it's some yeah do you think it's something that people generally overlook is uh, actually what we have to be grateful for in life i think so i think so we we tend to to take everything for for granted and we tend to 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 sort of immediately um look at 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 the problem and the difficulty we encounter, the hardship and and sort of the storm around us and 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 then tend to to sort of be overwhelmed by what we see and what we experience instead of sitting a little back um allow some distance to come and from objectively look at, at the situation and, and and say well are they not some things that, that that i can be grateful about it, it could have been so so worse it, the thing then other things might have happened could have happened um and and take it from there onwards step by step um mm. thank, thanking god for that for for, mm. for saying well I, I, yes this is it how, how i mean i have been encouraged and it's interesting enough by by others who are so much less than than me and in terms of, of a disability and I would, and those people tend to say then well they are they are happy with, with their situation even say without arms or an arm and a leg and whatever like my, my my brother who lost an arm and a leg in the same accident oh wow I mean I'm encouraged by him yeah he's, and he lost his right arm and the right leg by God's grace he survived and and actually he, he um, sacrificed a lot in order to save my life because in that in that endeavor to help me he was shocked and he was awarded a gold medal by the the, the um, prime minister some years later on for, for an act of bravery which is fantastic if i ask him today he was say so he was active active in, instinctively to help me mm. but i'm i'm encouraged by by just observing the way that he's adapted and and has adapted and also how we approach life yeah so so allow yourself actually also to to look at yourself but to to see others and say, well, if that if, if that is possible, I mean, even today, if I if I look at others who have less, I would say, well, actually, mine is, is not that not that severe. It's, mm. it's 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 actually minute in, in comparison. Yeah. So so one needs to gain perspective actually on life and say, well, 
am I not actually exaggerating? Yes, it's it's bad and and it's challenging and and so on. But there are other people who are really triumphant in mm. with much less. Yeah. Let's let's learn from them as well. So yeah. so inward, I would say, and also observing and interacting with others mm. who are. Um, have, have excelled despite yeah. Beca- become part of a community because I think the biggest thing is that to do yeah to do Absolutely. to be stuck in a right where things are tough to, uh, by yourself is an extremely tough situation uh, I can imagine a really dark place for some as well but really as, as soon as you are part of a community or organization or whatever you want to call it you feel like you belong somewhere you know as you said once you had been exposed to the disability field, you know that didn't exist before your accident you met amazing people you were inspired by a whole lot of other people you found that there was the inner strength that you never had but if yes. you didn't engage and you didn't action and you didn't challenge yourself to go beyond your your personal boundaries um you wouldn't have experienced that definitely so and that's why we put such an emphasis as a ministry also on inclusion and integration mm-hmm. and to to allow people with disabilities to, to to be afforded opportunities and access. That's so important. That's where they find that sense of belonging. Because mm. um, do, 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 uh, do you think that, that that it's a problem for the disability community? That's interesting because when I was chatting earlier to Megan, the stigma of disability has always hindered people. But obviously being exposed to the, the, uh, the, the disability world, is it the case? Is it a, is it extremely challenging for inclusion? Yes, definitely. Um, as we all know, we, we live in a broken world where, where certain people groups are neglected and marginalized physically, intellectually and socially. Mm. And, 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 and we need to sort of really put in an effort. And that's what we also do. We seek to, to fulfill um, also God's uh, commands in this regard and, and and really put in an effort to integrate people, to reach out to people, not only sport and play, but also with regard to uh, equal opportunities to, to attend um, activities and training and, and whatever, and to allow them also access to resources to, to, to take part. Um, because yeah, it's, it's a problem. In certain communities and cultures, people were really, really sort of um, excluded mm. and 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 discriminated, uh, discriminated against, and and um, yeah, a really sort of um, uh, stereotyped in, in a mm. sense, and and they take part in, in in social activities and events and so on. So the, the challenges differ, but but it's very important for us, and that's why we 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 have practical tools as well to equip. Um, mm. even leaders and we use, use that in our training as well in order for them to align whatever they do whatever their vision might be or their activities um, in order to be more inclusive in order to have a look and say well the spectrum actually is wider mm. and I, we need to ask ourselves how how can we reach out to that individual there mm. who, who might be sort of neglected up to now and yeah. how, how can and how can we draw in, then in, into our community? Absolutely, man. Inclusion is so key in anything, man. We're all equal. We all, you know, we all have, we all, our, our blood's the same color. But yesterday, Neil, I, I promise you, I could, I could sit and chat for days. You know, it's just, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, in, it's, in, it's extremely inspiring to see your outlook on, on, on life, the challenges that you've overcome 
the, I have to I have to commend you for your your, your spirituality, your foundation in in spirit in this in, in spirituality it has to be commended. Um, your commitment to personal development and inclusion also has to be admired. And the f the fact is that you've overcome a disability. You are encouraging inclusion. You are moving the narrative forward. You are being the trailblazer for that narrative to to be spoken. Um, it's extremely, extremely inspiring. And like, like I said, I could carry on talking for days, but thank you so much for for sharing your story. Um, like again, it's amazing to see no matter what challenges we face in life, it's up to us to decide how are we going to make the best of it. And just like you have, I think a lot of people can take a big page out of your book. So thank you so much for your, for your time. Thank you so much, Ryan. Uh, it was a really a blessed time and I'm encouraged by, by this conversation. Also, by the way that you approached it, the questions you asked. What I can just, the last sentence I can just say, it's, it's not about the arm that I lost that really matters, but all the countless blessings that I have gained in this race of life.